Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our risen and living Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. God's word which we receive this morning is from the Gospel of John chapter 4 verses 10 to 14. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. So far the word of the Lord. Sanctify us by your truth, O Lord. Your word is truth. Amen. Years ago, when my wife and I lived in India, one day we turned the faucet on and got not such a good surprise. Not only did water come out of the faucet, but a little wiggling worm as well. Kind of disgusting. We live with so many wonders in our day that we often take them for granted. One example is not only wormless water, but running water that's right in our homes. Imagine if we had to walk outside the city to a well twice a day to draw water like the woman of Samaria in our text this morning had to do. Running water is indeed an incredible thing to, to have in our lives and one which we easily take for granted. It's so easy to turn that faucet on and drink of that water. But Jesus reminds us in our text, as he reminded our VBS children on our third day of VBS on Wednesday, that there is something even greater, that he gives us something even better than running water, and that, of course, is that living water, which he gives us through his word. Just like we often take running water for granted, we also often take God's living water and the grace and love of Christ, which we hear so often, we often take that for granted as well. There was a time when our ancestors did not know Jesus. There was a time when they knew Jesus, but they thought of him as an angry judge who would punish them if they did one misstep, did anything wrong. There was a time when they knew the love of Jesus and his grace, but they were persecuted, even unto death, for worshiping him. None of these things are true for us. We know God's love for us. In fact, the theme of our VBS was is not only living water, but living water that causes us to be covered in Jesus' grace. His love and his gospel are so much of a part of our lives that we just not only have enough to drink, but we have enough to swim in it. We are not persecuted for worshiping him or for coming to church, and yet... We so often take it for granted. Our children this week learned about that living water and what a precious and wonderful gift it is to be covered in Jesus' grace. On Monday, they heard about how God split the rock and gave the thirsty people in Israel water flowing out of a rock to quench their thirst. This water not only gave them something to drink in the wilderness, but was proof, a covenant, a reminder that God was with them 
everywhere they went. Kids in long car trips usually don't mix. They have a tendency to fight and squabble and complain. It can be a little frustrating as a parent if you're trying to do something fun and wonderful for your kids. Maybe take them to Disney World or maybe take them up north for a, a fishing trip. And it seems like instead of appreciating what you're doing, all they do is complain and fight. There's really no need for complaining, is there? Their parents are right there with them in their car. Their parents know they need water to drink and food to eat and a place to sleep at night and aren't going to forget the needs of their kids, but the kids complain anyway. That's exactly how it must have felt for God for when he brought the children of Israel into the wilderness. He had a journey for them as well with a very wonderful destination. He was bringing them out of the slavery of Egypt and into the promised land, a land flowing with milk and honey. He was doing a good thing for them and promising them something great, and all they could do was complain. It's too hot. It's, we're too thirsty. We don't like this food. We want something different. And yet in his grace and his mercy, instead of abandoning them in the wilderness, God was with them. And he gave them water from the rock to drink. You may have noticed when we read our Old Testament reading that God told Moses to take his staff. But he didn't just say, take your staff. He said, take your staff, the same staff with which you hit the waters. The same staff which Moses used to hit the waters of the Red Sea and divide them and give the children of Israel dry ground, now he uses on the rock. Then he hit the water and God split the water and gave them dry ground. Now Moses hits the dry rock and God splits the rock and gives them water. And so, therefore, God gave them more than simple water, didn't he? He gave them a testimony, a reminder how he was with them when they left Egypt. He was with them through the Red Sea. He's with them now in the dry wilderness. When they needed dry ground, he gave them dry ground. When they needed water, he gave them water. He was with them always. The passage for Monday is one I especially appreciate. But I will be with you. And you can add anything you're going through in life before that sentence, can't you? Whatever you're going through, whatever troubles you're dealing with, whether you're thirsty or hungry or having other kinds of problems, but, God says, I am with you through it all. In the same way that God led the children of Israel on a journey, he has a journey for us as well. A journey through the evil and the sin and the troubles of this life, the wilderness of this life, to the promised land of heaven that waits for us. And as a covenant, as a promise that he is with us, he gave us the waters of baptism just as he gave them water from a rock to remind us that he is always with us. On Tuesday, the kids <coughs> heard how God used the waters of the Jordan River to heal Naaman of his leprosy. And yet, despite God's promise to Naaman, bathe and you'll be healed. Naaman at first despised that promise of God. He didn't believe it. He didn't trust it. He wouldn't enter the Jordan River at God's command because of his pride and also because the only thing he could see was dirty water. And he said to himself and others, it's just dirty water. How, how is that going to help? What good is that going to do? 
Instead of trusting by faith God's promises, he, he, he trusted his own eyes. What he could see, water's not going to wash away my leprosy. And so it is that many of us, even to this day, have, have the same reaction to God's, pro- to God's promises. What, what good is that going to do? I heard, some, I heard of someone just uh, a week ago who was having some troubles, and he was encouraged to go to the pastor, and the response was, oh, what good is that going to do? He's just going to tell me how, how much Jesus loves me. What good is that going to do? What good, what good is it going to do to start our day with prayer? It's not going to make that much of a difference. What, what good is it going to do to sit around the table every day and have family devotion? What, what good is it going to do to get up early and go to church? It's really not going to make a difference. That's a, often our attitude towards God and his promises, the same attitude that Naaman had. And yet, Naaman found out when he trusted God, when he went into the river, he needed a little encouragement, but he did go in. God's promises are true. God doesn't usually fulfill his promises in such a a dramatic and obvious way as he did with Naaman. He came out of the river that seventh time and he was clean. But those times when he does, when we see God's promises fulfilled like this, are a reminder to us that even when we can't see it, we can trust his word. And that he is working in our lives. That we are receiving that living water. It's the wisdom of God that he hides the power of his living water and the power of his grace in things that look simple and plain to us in the, in the simple waters of baptism, in a, in a, in a simple-looking book, even through a, a sinful pastor like myself. God comes to us and refreshes us with that living water and promises to heal our sin and, and be with us always. And my daughter, for many, many years, uh, the doctor has wanting her, wanted her drinking um, Pediasure, more and more Pediasure, for the first mm, four or five years of her life. And you may or may not know there's a lot of sugar in Pediasure. So now it's really, really hard to get her to drink just simple water. She wants something with sugar in it. We often approach God with the same way. That's, that's what Naaman's problem was. He wanted more sugar. It's, it's okay. We have fun at BBS. We, uh, we even sometimes have a little fun at church and, and at school and other places as well. But what we really need is just that simple water, those things that seem to us so ordinary. And we think, oh, how, how is that going to help? And yet God has promised to come to us through his word in his church service and to refresh us with that living water. We are often too quick to take God's promises for granted. We are often quick like the Israelites to complain or uh, like Naaman to despise uh, the package in which God gives us his word. But on Friday, the kids heard about Lydia, one who did not despise God's word but treasured it. And many of the kids were asking, who's Lydia? Lydia is not uh, a story that we hear very often in Sunday school or, or BBS or, or even in church. And probably part of the reason is because from the outside it doesn't seem like there's really that much going on. It's not dramatic like Naaman coming out of the river or like Elijah calling down fire from heaven. It's just a, a simple story about a simple woman who loved God's word and rejoiced to hear of Jesus. She was a seller of purple dyes. 
And she would meet every day with her friends down by the river to hear God's word. And one day Paul came and told her how Jesus, the Messiah, had come. And she rejoiced. Because she was a seller of purple dye, she was undoubtedly quite wealthy, and yet the thing that she obviously treasured above all else was that living water, that word of God. And the thing she was most excited about was to hear about, her, about how Jesus had come. That was her great treasure. It's not a very dramatic story, but it's a very beautiful one. And a very good example to us about coming weekly to sit by the river of God's word and to treasure that living water. Lydia treasured most what our kids heard uh, the day before on Thursday. That Jesus came to serve rather than to be served. They heard about how he washed his disciples' feet, how he got up from the table and laid aside his garment, just as he, many years before that, laid aside his power and his divinity and his glory as God and came down from heaven. He came down from the head of the table and stooped down just as he descended from above and, and became a man to serve us. He took up that basin of water to wash his disciples' feet just as he died that we might be washed in his blood and gave us baptism that he might cleanse us and wash us with the forgiving, forgiveness of our sins. The passage for that day, well, all the passages are great ones, but the passage for that day as well, for all the promises of God find their yes in him. Jesus doesn't tell us yes one day and no another. He is steadfast in his promises. What he has begun, he will finish. And you heard that, and the kids heard that as well uh, on Thursday, and we heard that in our, uh, our second reading from John as well. Having loved his own, he loved them to the end. He didn't begin his work of redemption and give up. He didn't get distracted from the cross, the, the death he came to die uh, by his love for the disciples, and he didn't get distracted from the love for his disciples by the cross. He finished both fully, even to the end. Having loved his own, he loved them to the end, just as he does for us as well. Having begun the work of his grace within us, having given us that living water, he will be with us to refresh us and bring us even unto the end. Having washed away our sins, we can count on him to bring us finally to that eternal rest that is waiting for us in heaven. This is the living water which Jesus promised to that Samaritan woman, which we have received, in which we stand, and by which we are refreshed every day of our lives. It is a thing that we often take for granted, but which we should treasure above all other treasures. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.